Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Great to have you on Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Let's get to it. As we have football to talk about, a schedule to diagnose and dissect, and uh, optimism in the air. Let that thing fly. I know you've called your friends that are very high-quality vocal singers. Don't know if it's uh, friends from your middle school choir days, Elijah, or your church. And high school choir days. Oh, you were a high school choir guy. I was the president of my choir back in high well, school. Let I, it ri- I pulled some strings here. Let it rip. Let it rip if you're a football fan for today. All right, football, no guarantee, but at least a plan in place and a schedule to get into. We have a lot to talk about. Your reaction, your thoughts uh, on uh, what may be, what is at least in front of you with teams, dates, no times yet. But you're going to have an opportunity to move forward. 46637. 76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Can email chris at halevarsity.com. Give us a follow and find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. Chris Schmidt at Elijah at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So uh, had uh, Cletus tweet in before we got rolling. And his question was this, paraphrasing kind of what the hell Nebraska is going to Rutgers, the capital of COVID, uh, along with Sparty, for uh, the season opener. My response, send him a gif, and it was just Tony Soprano winking. Does Rutgers get ready to play football? I don't know. Let's hope they do. Let's hope there's a game. Let's hope there's a few people that can watch. I mean, the, the, the order right now is... Nobody in the stands if you're in the state of New Jersey. But I want to see Nebraska v. Noah Vedral. I want to see Noah Vedral versus Nebraska's black shirts. Listen, man, a lot of work and excitement has gone into this. Uh, and the Big Ten uh, took the day uh, starting at 7.30 this morning. We'll hear from Commissioner Warren in just a moment. But overall, the, the number's pretty fair with where you think Nebraska can go as you look at the schedule. You have 10 games. You have some big dogs. You get a better home schedule than you had if you're Nebraska. You get some of those West teams you've been chasing and trying to catch up to coming to Lincoln. And you get Wisconsin and you get Iowa consecutively. You also get Iowa and Wisconsin before they round into mean, angry, gelled units. Still got to go beat them. Still got to get a chance to play them. But at least you get them early versus late when they are on 
bulldoze, bulldoze mode cruise control October, November versus a September. Five and a half. We'll talk to Danny Burke in Vegas tomorrow. But four and a half, five, five and a half, that is, that's your spectrum for, for win total for Nebraska. Coming up in 15 minutes, uh, 40 years and counting of Nebraska football coverage. This will be the most interesting year possibly for Mike Babcock to cover Nebraska football. But Babbers of Hale Varsity coming up in about 15 minutes. Brad Edwards will get his take on the world of college football. Lots of news and notes from Connecticut saying we're out to the Colorado State potential scandal to his reaction to Nebraska and what the Big Ten has laid out. That's happening at 5. Phones are open for you in a lot of the 5 o'clock hour. Our dear friend Mike Schuhart, Shuey's going to check in with us as it is a major day tomorrow in the world of golf. So Shuey checks in from Wilderness Ridge at 440. You've got the numbers. First gut reaction for Nebraska is this. Uh, We'll see if the, the first game goes at Rutgers if it is played, if Rutgers is healed up in a month, if Rutgers is ready to uh, be socially distant from campus or off-campus parties and they are ready to step in and play football and are cleared to do so medically, fine. Nebraska gets a chance to go out to Piscataway and go get a win. Based on what Rutgers has coming back and all the newness for Rutgers versus what Nebraska has, Nebraska is a favored football team in that in that game as we talk here in august illinois comes to town nebraska's offense did well against illinois nebraska's defense did not do well against illinois but you get illinois here that's a chance for nebraska to start two and zero. and then you get into uh kind of the same type of death march you had at the end of the season but you get the chance to show where you're at against your big dogs, against Wisconsin, who comes to Lincoln versus you having to go to Madtown. You go to Iowa to end September. So realistic look at September, 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Best case, clearly 4-0. and oh. Is Nebraska ready for that? Don't think so. Are they ready to at least split with Wisconsin and Iowa? We'll see. We will see. It's not... Uh, the same offensive line and running game for Wisconsin. It's not the same quarterback that has gone two-minute drill on Nebraska in the last two fourth quarters in Lincoln or in Iowa City. So two and two, maybe three and one for Nebraska. You get to October, Minnesota at Ohio State. You get to buy the 17th year at Northwestern, and you round out with Penn State. Uh, it'd be a phenomenal October if Nebraska's two and two. One and three, possibly. You end it with two winnable games. I'm going to say it so Coach Frost doesn't have to. Uh, At Purdue and Michigan State. Comes to Lincoln. Junior is all sorts of excited. And I said, you get to see Michigan State two times in the last three years, maybe losing the snow in Lincoln. I'm excited for you, too. He didn't think that was funny. So, back to this five and a half over under. I think Nebraska's got a really good chance to be at six and four. Uh, could they be at four and six? Sure. Do we get 10 games in? Don't know. But that's my my quick armchair analysis of the schedule. Uh, you get Michigan State instead of Michigan, instead of Indiana. You get Wisconsin and Iowa and Minnesota all consecutively along with Ohio State. But I have four games circled. 
Two of them really aren't coin flip games. They're more, are you ready for a step in the right direction as a program to get in this West race? This is all in the pretense of football happening. You've got a schedule. You've got a plan. You've got a commissioner that has listened to his student athletes, that conferred with folks, and they've moved forward. Question mark with Wisconsin. Can you beat them in Lincoln? Sure you can. Has your offense done well against Wisconsin? Yeah. Have you been gashed every time you've played these yahoos on the ground? Yes, you have. It still hurts. Are you going to be better against the run? You've been working out, trying to be better. You've recruited better. You've got a rotation. Go do it. Play better. Play better on special teams. Play better on third and four. Play better on first and ten so it's not second and three against the run. Your option, your ability, and your offense did a lot of good things last year. Did a, did a lot of good things last year. Uh, at Iowa, hey, you've been close. Six points, two games, three points apiece in losses. That gap is closed and narrowed. Now, part of that's Iowa's doing where they were ready for a knockout shot up double digits two times in the last two years, and Nebraska stormed back. Great heart. Great heart at the end of the season when you're not playing for much. Bowl eligibility, yes, a year ago, but wasn't how the season was supposed to go. I have a question mark next to Iowa. I have a question mark next to Minnesota. And I, and I say that because Minnesota um, pissed somebody off, <laughs> frankly, <laughs> with, with their schedule and, and with Bateman taking off and with what they got to do on defense. I think they should beat Minnesota. So I may, I may change that to a win. Uh, Ohio State, how, how bad does it get? They've averaged almost... 40-point wins against you in most of the meetings. And then I I look at Northwestern. Uh, They have been heart attack games in good and in bad the last two years. Can you go up to Evanston and get a win? So those are my four coin flips, Elijah. Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Northwestern. Can Can you eke out two and two? Is the program ready in year three to be two and two against Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin and Northwestern. And I listen, there is no team that you should in ink tattoo a W next to their name in the Big Ten. I mean, where's Nebraska in this power ranking structure right now in college football within the Big Ten West? Barely beat Illinois last year. You've beaten Rutgers. That's it. Because Maryland, you trounced, but I mean, your 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 lower four tier. You don't want to like start renting space there, and you better start two and zero. I think they will. I think Nebraska will start two and zero, but it's time to kind of step up and shut up. And Nebraska hasn't been saying much against these these big dogs, and you get a chance in consecutive weeks, home and away. I hope moving forward, this is the norm. By the way where you get one on the road, the other at home, versus all or nothing, where one year you're at Iowa and you're in Madison, and one year they're both coming to Lincoln. Split it up. Never a good thing. The, I mean, the, in, in the old Big 8 and Big 12, you at least would, would kind of rotate, right? You didn't have to play Colorado and Oklahoma on the road the same year. You didn't. 
You didn't have to play Texas or Oklahoma in the same season. You got one or the other, and you usually had Texas at home, and you were at A&M, all right? That's, that's some balance. We'll see if the Big Ten resets things. But overall impressions, listen, it's the same schedule plus Sparty flipped around a little bit, and you get to go to COVID Central to start the season if that game happens. But Nebraska should be 2-0 with Wisconsin coming to town moving forward. I personally am still nervous about this schedule. Um, a lot of people I've been seeing on Twitter have been saying they like the schedule more than the, the gauntlet that was at the end of the previous schedule. But I am personally pretty nervous about having Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio State back-to-back-to-back-to-back. But you were going to have that anyway. You're going to have that anyway, but now you're going to have it. Would you rather take your medicine early or at the end of the year when you're already kind of beat to hell? Well, what I'm nervous about is these other teams that are playing now aren't going to be beat to hell. And, and they're Big Ten teams, and that's been what Nebraska fans have been saying is, mm-hmm. oh, they have more depth. They can handle the Big Ten more because they have that depth. But now you're going to be getting their best shot. Wisconsin, to open the season, plays Indiana and Northwestern. So they get a little bit of a, a test with Northwestern, but then their big well, test don't, just don't, opens. Don't sneeze on Indiana. I'm not, but I mean, I think Northwestern is going to be the bigger test for them this year. Could be. I mean, with their defense. With yeah. their defense, mm-hmm. yeah. So then you have Nebraska come down where Nebraska opens the season with Rutgers and Illinois, two teams where you'd hope. Nebraska, I mean, in a typical you sh- year. You should, you like, should be unload. Them. You should unload on both of those. And, and then you got arguably the, the leader in the Big Ten West coming to town mm-hmm. the next week, where you got to have two teams maybe not up to that level. And now, okay, you're going straight from the shallows into the deep water. Here, here's my thing with that you're going to get some confidence built up. You've got a third year starting quarterback. You got a veteran offensive line for the first time in a while. Got a returning running back, and you got a receiving core that could do some good things. How quickly will they get up to speed? And I like from an athleticism matchup. I like what Nebraska's wideouts can possibly do against Iowa's back four and Wisconsin's back four. I mean, the, the offensive system's not really been the problem. Nebraska's had the ability to get some of their, their playmakers in favorable matchups in both games against both teams the past two years. It's been the defense and turnovers and special teams that has screwed Nebraska against Iowa and Wisconsin. The, but, run, the, the, the run game specifically, uh, Iowa finding tight ends late in games, all right, and then Wisconsin just mauling you or getting a kickoff return. And listen, this is okay to me. Wisconsin, great defense, I know. It'll be strength on strength there with what Nebraska is supposed to be better at offensively this year against what Wisconsin's going to hang their hat on, and that's coming after the quarterback. Iowa, they'll be steady. They'll be talented on the lines of scrimmage. But listen, this, this gives you a shot and a fresh shot to stop the losing streaks. To stop the 330-yard running games, Wisconsin's been ripping off on you. Uh, a little payback in Iowa City. And this is also, how, how have you grown up mentally, right? Where are you at between the years? Say you, you, you build up Wisconsin, Wisconsin, and say you fall short again, but it's, but it's even closer. And it's one of those son-of-a-bee losses, all right? How do you respond at Iowa? Do you go into Iowa City ticked off that you, you, you fell by a field goal to, to Wisconsin or 10 or whatever it is? 
or is it the start of the end where people just kind of line up and start punching you in the face? I, I love the opportunity. Oh, opportunity is great this season. I love the opportunity with how do you measure yourself against the king of the West in Wisconsin? How do you follow up at Iowa? And then there's Minnesota. Where do you go? Mike Babcock's on the way with Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! About an hour away, some thoughts from Commissioner Warren from the Big Ten on why to move forward September 5th. I thought yesterday Nebraska may follow suit with the SEC and push things back, but flexibility, the name of the game, and we have a 2020 schedule for Nebraska football fans, a man who's seen a lot of schedules and has a lot of schedule posters, Mike Babcock with us, historian, author, Hall of Famer, at MD Babs on Twitter. Babbers, have you, you started filling in the W's and L's on the, uh, the old schedule poster, the, the, uh, the 2020 uh, self-designed uh, schedule poster, my friend? Yeah, well, uh, until I figure out how many of these games are going to get played. <laughs> You're not going <laughs> to. Let's, let's pretend they're all happening because okay, at least let's, there's let's, a schedule. Let's, let's go with that. Let's go with that. Uh, although my knee-jerk reaction when I saw the schedule was, um, so here's Nebraska, probably the most optimistic and in-control program in the Big Ten in terms of whether there's going to be a season or not. And the first game they get scheduled is Rutgers, which I I just can't. Is that game going to be played? Do you think that's going to be played? Babbers, what's going to happen is is you're you're going to get this. I mean, it, it's the TV setup that, that the BTN wants, right? I mean, empty Rutgers Stadium, Noah Vedral, and the Nebraska Black Shirts. That's an eleven o'clock smile fest, my friend. Yeah. Um, and and how are you know that's the other thing I, I guess that's yet to be determined how we're going to see that but uh, <laughs> I, I assume that all these games are going to be televised in yes. some yes. way shape or form uh, and so that first week we've got a Thursday game and a Friday game and then we've got uh, the rest of the games on Saturday mm-hmm. so. What I guess you're maybe Big Ten extra. Well, I guess they've got enough to do that if maybe a network picks up, uh, Fox picks up a game or two. Yeah, I mean, because uh-huh. you look at that first week, you've got Minnesota at Sparty, Iowa at Maryland, Wisconsin, Indiana. Is that a Friday deal, Wisconsin, Indiana? Uh, yeah, Wisconsin, Indiana is Friday. And then you've got the sacrificial Illinois, uh, uh, Ohio State on bludgeoning Thursday. on Thursday. That's Thursday, yeah, that'll get things off to a... To a roaring start. And you got and Northwestern in uh, Penn State to start things off. And yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so in my uh, wins losses thing, my I, I want to say the optimistic thing that based on what you said, that they're all ten going to be played. For me, optimism is five and five. Yeah, well, five and a half is going to be that over under, right? Okay, I mean, so I'm you know if it's. Yeah, I'm saying five. That's my optimistic view, but my realistic side says four. Somehow they're not going to get to five. Okay. 
You know, that's that's fair. And, uh, you know, I, I have it, it's in pen and I shouldn't I should have done pencil. But, uh, <laughs> I always do it in pencil. man. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can just start a new list here. Um, I have some W's. I have some some hard L's. And then I've got some question marks. And as as you look at the schedule that is going to be played and going to be played to completion, Babbers, mm-hmm. uh, what's your biggest question mark game for Nebraska? Um, well, I, now I was listening to you earlier. Did, did you have Wisconsin as a win? They're a question mark, my friend. Oh, question mark. Okay, question mark. To me, that's probably the uh, that's probably the one game that that, that I look at as well. Is that uh, could Nebraska win that game? Well, uh, yeah, and it's at home. And, you, and Nebraska, now, I don't know any of these games probably this applies, but Nebraska won't be as physically beat up yep. in the third game of the season as it would be farther uh, further down the line. Um, so that's a positive playing against Wisconsin, I think, because that's, that's going to be a physical game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so that's probably the one, you know, that might be a swing game for me uh, to whether it's four and five or five and five. Um, and your, your discussion uh, of Minnesota, you know, losing uh, Bateman, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, that's tough for Minnesota. Uh, you know, I don't know, you think we've seen all the Big Ten players that are going to Opt out? I don't know, and and I saw something earlier. Did and I didn't follow this up. I was too busy trying to put schedules together and and just kind of gather myself. Did Parsons check out, or is that still pending? Uh, my sense was that he was. It was about to happen. There was, there, there was a little bit of uncertainty, but not much. It seemed like he was, it was pretty sure that he was going to opt out. Okay. For Penn State. So if if you got if you got Parsons checking out, you got Bateman out. I don't think it. I don't think. I mean, I I look at Ohio State and and they're loaded again, right? I think they're ticked off at the Clemson game last year. I mean, I think yeah. those I think those kids want to go win a national championship. I think Penn State and Michigan. I mean, do you, do you hear anything from Michigan? Do you get anything from Purdue studs? I mean, they're 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 two offensive whizzes. Um, you know, do you, does does that happen? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. But again, and we're talking hypothetically. Mm-hmm. So let's say that nobody else backs out of this thing, and we're still we got full teams. I think it's a good thing. What we said is that the way they play Wisconsin in the third game, so they're not going to be that beat up. They're going to be ready to go. They're coming off of in our hypothetical world a win against Rutgers. Um, and I think that they'll win against Illinois mm-hmm. at home. So now you're you're two and zero. You're not physically beat up. Um, you're ready for Wisconsin. They're coming into your place. Um, that's an that's the game probably that uh, determines is, a lot. Is going to determine a lot, I think. Okay. Um, because then you got to go to Iowa, mm-hmm. and that's uh, that, that. No, that's not good. Um, and then that Minnesota. That, I mean, who knows what that's going to be? I mean that. I think they, you know, folks, myself included, we've probably doubted Minnesota the last couple of seasons, and and uh, probably shouldn't have. But uh, uh, then you got Ohio State; that's not good. 
Then you got a you got a bye week, so you can rest up a little bit. Babbers, when you say not good, there is just that that finality in your voice. I, I love it. And yeah, I mean Ohio State's Ohio State. I look at Minnesota. I mean they start with Sparty, they get Michigan, they get Iowa, then they're at Wisconsin before they play. Yeah, that's Nebraska. you know that's the other thing to consider about Minnesota is that Minnesota is not uh, by the time it plays Nebraska, it's it's played uh, four teams that are they're going to need a drink. In the hunt for their divisions, um, or you know, that are going to be competitive there. So, um, yeah, that's that's the other factor with Minnesota for Nebraska is uh, that Minnesota is going to be uh, beat up, I would assume. So, and, uh, are you thinking three and two, two and three by the bye week? Yeah, yeah. You, I, I think for six games, so I should probably do the math better. But are you thinking four and two, three and three? Two and four, four and two. Okay, by the bye week, so I've got... Uh, Rutgers, Illinois, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, Ohio State. Okay, so I'm thinking we've probably got three and three, um, and maybe, maybe... If, if, now, if if Nebraska beats Wisconsin, um, that probably changes partying. my whole attitude of whether Nebraska might have a chance to win... To win uh, to go six and four in that ten game schedule, sure. if, they, if they play hypothetically, because uh, not only do you beat Wisconsin, but then you've got some momentum, you got some, you got some attitude there, um, which I think is important. I mean, that, you know, that's that's still the thing is that Scott uh, Frost, the, the program is still trying to get that attitude. You know, it, 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 it's a fine line between being being where you want to be and being on the other side of it. And uh, and I think that you know a lot of that is attitude, believing you're going to win. And I think right now Nebraska hasn't had the experience the last two seasons of, of developing any kind of a sense of you know you go out there and you know you're going to win. I mean that probably applies to the Illinois game. You no, go sure. out there, you don't know you're going to win, uh, but you've got to build that up. And if you win, if you win those first three games, you've probably got that attitude going to Iowa that hey, you know we can do. It. Babbers, do we still have you, partner? Man. Interesting. What happened to Babbers' phone? Let's get Babbers back on the line. All right, let's... Uh, he was getting fired up. I love it. Let's, let's pot him down. There we go. So, Babbers was talking momentum. That's an amazing point, because when's the last time Scott Frost had some momentum to start the season? I don't know. 2017, <laughs> down in a different state, <laughs> with a fantastic quarterback. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm not even getting uh, the dial tone with him, so I think his phone might have died. Do you have it? Was that cell or hard? That sounded, was that hard was line? That, I don't know. See, I'm not even getting anything when I'm dialing the number now, so let me try one more time. All right. Well, that makes me sad. Mike Babcock was with us on Hale Varsity. We were talking Nebraska schedule. It was damn good. We'll get more to it. But, yeah, my, my big thing here is with, with some of your, your West opponents, can you, if you're Nebraska, find a way to, to be at 500 or better against the Wisconsins, Iowas, Minnesotas, and Northwesterns? Babbers, uh, real quick, I got about— 
tough when we were when you didn't get me. No, I well, I, I was <laughs> you left it right there, and it was going to be awesome. Oh yeah, I've got, there, I've, got a, go. I've got a minute. Can we condense? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I I just I'm, I'm repeating myself. But a win against Wisconsin, I think, changes the dynamic. Yep. If you start three and zero, and that includes a win against Wisconsin, that that you're you're building that mindset that hey, we're gonna. You, you have that attitude when you go out there that you're going to win. And it hasn't. you haven't developed that in two seasons yet. No, and, and think about it. I mean, the last time I was just saying this, as you were going off and it was great and no one heard it, I was saying the last <laughs> time Scott Frost had momentum was 2017 to start a season. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and you had it for a half in, in hippie land and, and then the, the second half happened. So... We'll see where it goes. But how good did that feel, Babbers, to talk football and schedule? Oh, it's great. It's great. I mean, I, and you know how pessimistic I am, so that's good. It's good that the schedule's out, you know, and then I saw the uh, college football playoff. Yeah. They had their release about when the playoffs were going to be and when they were going to release their last poll and everything. I mean, there's optimism abounds right now, but... You know, we got to go day by day, pretty much. Yes, we do. Babbers, you're awesome. We'll we'll talk more schedule next week. How's that sound? That sounds great. <laughs> Mike Babcock, historian, author, Hall of Famer, at MD Babs on Twitter, reading with Hale Varsity. Mike, you take care, bud. Thank you. That was good. All right, we'll uh, talk some golf and some football with Shuey next. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Brad Edwards coming up. Some more thoughts on Nebraska, the Big Ten, college football. The schedule is out. Got a major to hit on tomorrow. And we uh, welcome in with Wilderness Ridge, Mike Shuhart from Wilderness Ridge Golf. And uh, tell you what, Shuey, uh, good vibes today with football and the schedule being released. That is awesome. You've had a chance to take Gander. What's your thought? Well, first of all, it's just good news that it looks like there's going to be some football being played. I don't know what I would do if there was no football in the in the fall. You'd see a lot a more. You'd see a lot more of me, and that might freak you out. <laughs> well, that'd be a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But what do you think, man? The uh, we're setting the over under at five and a half. Uh, yeah. I I think under. I'll take the under. You and Babbers both. <laughs> I got you. I got you. They've watched the last five years in Nebraska. No, football. we've all watched the last five years. Uh, but, you know, it's uh, it's interesting, and, and I think there's some opportunity. It's nice to get Wisconsin in Lincoln. Uh, you get Minnesota in, uh, in Lincoln. And, uh, yeah, Ohio State and Penn State are your national measuring sticks, but it's time to do some work uh, within the league. And, Shuey, what are you optimistic about with, with the offense? And, again, we're playing today that things are going to go off as planned, okay? That's what today signals. Yeah. I think uh, I think your quarterback play is going to get better. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to learn from last year. I think he's going to be better. Uh, and I think the competition there is going to make him better. So, whether it's Adrian or whether it's Luke, one of those two guys is going to make that position, I think, better. Um, I just think your offensive line is going to be a little better. You got some experience there, so uh, you got some question marks. You know, you got a, a running back that looked at the end of the year that he was pretty good. So if he can 
maintain that and get better at it. You know, you got to figure out who your wideouts are. So there's got a lot of choices of just how how up to speed can they get. You know. Yeah, exactly. You know, and I think some different choices. I mean, some of those some big boys out there. You know, hopefully they they catch on quick and and you have some weapons out there. So and then you got you know Wandell. He's he's just a special player. You know, how you're going to utilize him and how good of a season can he stay healthy? And you know, he's he's going to do what he does, which is exciting. Mike Schuart's with us, Wilderness Ridge Golf. We're Talking Husker football schedule 2020. Uh, defensively, uh, the wild card. Special teams, the wild card. You need two of the three phases, and if not all three phases, to beat a Wisconsin or an Iowa and uh, a Northwestern, right? So uh, what type of, of jump is acceptable for the defense? I mean, five and a half a carry, staying with that 5.5 number, can't happen again but are you ready to have the big daddies up front be better yeah i mean you got both of those they have to be better and conservatively better than they were last year i mean especially their special teams i mean you got to be able to get something out of special teams instead of giving up things out of special teams i mean that that has to be a plus on your side Mm -hmm. if you're going to be successful it can't be a minus like it has been you know, if your defense just basically stays a little bit like it was, mm-hmm. you know, holds its own. But if your special teams can be something of a positive, I mean, then you got a chance. You know, I think their defense will be okay. But you, you're not going to win any games if your special teams are like they have been. I mean, so you can't I'll, give them any points up. Yeah, so outscore people, get enough specific stops. And don't suck on special teams. Is that the recipe? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, you're going to have to outscore some people, and you can't give them freebies, you know, giving yeah. up touchdowns and punt returns and you giving the ball away. I mean, they, they had just their special teams has got to be a plus to them. If, it, if it's like it has been, it'll be a long year. Yeah, no, I got you. Mike Schuart's with us. Shuey, how, how jacked are you for the PGA Championships? Uh, super excited, especially after last week. Kind of, I think we talked last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, those guys are starting to tune up, and you saw it last week. Guys, Brooks shooting sixty-two, and and a great finish to the tournament. Guys are just prepping and getting ready for for the tournament, and it's going to be it's going to be interesting. That's going to be a hard golf course, man. It's long. It plays super long. You know, conditions are just the ball doesn't carry out there. Rough is high, so it's going to be fun to watch. Uh, what what's your take on DeChambeau's trainer? I mean, he kind of spent some time this week talking about the elephant in the room as far as the murmurs and whispers of some chemical enhancement and <laughs> said, "Look, dude, it's it's okay to to think that, but that's not what happened." Are you surprised it got addressed like it did by by uh Bryson's trainer? Uh, I think so, just because it's like he's he's pretty adamant that it's I mean, it was all natural in what he did, how he got that way. So, whatever that means, I mean, what is all natural? <laughs> a lot of steak, a lot of steak, eggs, and chicken, Joey. That's right. I ain't buying it, but anyway. So, <laughs> back to uh, TPC. Uh, you mentioned uh, the length uh, and the weather in 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 the Bay Area is always just 
just nuts, isn't it? And I and I think all the all the, the you know everyone wearing a turtleneck and a parka in September <laughs> for all the Giants games. Well, it's it's August, but what's what's it like to compete in the Bay Area this time of year? I mean, it can be really nice, or you can get some nasty weather. I mean, it's it it can be like British Open type conditions. You know, cool, cool. It's always going to be a little cooler in the morning. Cool, wet, um, and that's the interesting part. You know, so it's like they were talking to some of the foreign guys that are kind of used to playing in that, and they're talking about how it's not really that big of a deal for them, you know, because they play in it all the time. And you watch some of the guys in interviews and stuff, and they got turtlenecks on and they got stocking caps on. It's like, that's just crazy to think about, but that's the way it is there. You know, and you can get you get a lot of fronts that come in there, and man, you get some nasty, windy, rainy days. So you probably will get one of the days like that. That's just kind of how it works. Mike Schwartz, so that makes it that makes it more interesting. With us here on on Hale Varsity Wilderness Ridge Golf, go see Shuey. Fit Friday is going on at Wilderness Ridge. Of course, them divot dogs. Shuey got about a minute. I need a win place and show for this first major of the year? Win, place, and show. Ooh, I like, I like Brooks. I think he's rounding into form. Okay. Um, I like him to win. Um, I think you're going to have a foreign, one of the foreign guys. Um, Rory I'd like to put up there. Okay. And, and then uh carry it over. So... And nah, I feel going to hit it out of play too often. That rough, as long as it is, you'd be chipping out sideways most of the day. Tiger, Finau, who do you? What about what about Show? Who's your third? Um, I like Justin Rose. Okay, put a foreign guy in there. All right. So Shuey says Brooks, Rory, and Rose. You're one, two, three for the PGA Championship at TPC out in San Fran. Shuey, we are getting closer to that August 28th road show, brother. Excited about Man, it. I can't wait. Me too. Super excited. We will see you soon and talk next week. You take care. You too. Stay safe. Now you too, buddy. There he is, Mike Shuart, Wilderness Ridge Golf. Go see Shuey. Get better off the box. We'll wind down hour one next. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Good to be with you on a Wednesday. It's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider, college football extraordinaire, coming up here in about uh, 10 minutes. We'll hear from Commissioner Warren at uh, 520. And some more thoughts on Nebraska and uh, what you think can happen in 2020. Just so you know, everything's going to be carried out and all 10 games will get played. That's what my magic eight ball just told me. Fair enough. Uh, you're like I'm not buying that. I mean, I'd I'd buy it, but Rutgers is week one. Like there, it doesn't seem like there's any chance. So, that- what's your biggest concern about Rutgers? Obviously, the, the the COVID. But are you worried about going there and coming back with the crud? I, I'm more or the concerned- fact that they they stay the hell in and and don't go. Keep getting infected and tripling their numbers. But yeah, that's my problem. I don't think they're going to be ready to play football come 30 days from now. Uh-huh. Because, I mean, they they even if they uh, come out of their quarantine 100% fine, they still can't practice until, I think, August 9th. 
Okay. which is a couple days behind everyone else. And then they haven't got... A two t- days. Two days, yeah. And they don't have the chance to do all this, uh, the voluntary workouts that Nebraska's had the chance to do and all these things. So will they actually be ready come week one? Uh, will they get to be able to move that game back and say, hey, we didn't get enough practice time? I don't really know. But at the moment, that's the game I'm most nervous about just because it's it's week one and it's Rutgers, which is like the hotbed of the Big Ten right now. Mm-hmm. No, I, I totally get you on that. But the... The answer to that of, well, I'm sorry you're not ready, but tell your kids not to go be kids. (laughs) I'm sorry. We will get into uh, the Big Ten statement from uh, a a group of players uh, similar to the Pac-12, but uh, very, very different. The Big Ten unity group, you know, asking for things that aren't necessarily monetary but more health and safety. So we'll dive into that. Uh, they want they want uh, three tests a week. The SEC has that. Right now, the Big Ten is going to give you two. So we'll see if some headway is, is made on that. Want to remind you about moving in 2020. West Blue Realty is the source you go with, and they specialize in residential home sales in Lincoln and the surrounding communities. And they help make the move a smooth one for you. When you mention Hale Varsity, West Blue Realty can provide you up to $1,000 on the closing of your next home purchase. Give Tom Luby a shout, 402-540-3768. Or Kelly Hofschneider. Kelly can help you out as well at 402-202-2312. It pays to work with West Blue. 1120 K Street, Suite 200, westbluerealty.com is where you log on, get that appointment made. So Bill Moose, uh, speaking with some media outlets, they are in the process right now of figuring out what is next for Nebraska. You know about the uh, the, the scanning of, of the tickets, and you know that there's discussion on what's capacity. And in Bill Moose's statements today, he, he wants a full stadium. God love you, Bill. Uh, 75% is at 50%. He doesn't really want to, to jack with anything uh, it, anything below 50% capacity. And could you pull that out? Could you pull that off? What's the logistics like getting to the game, leaving the game, all of that? So we'll dive into uh, more Nebraska, more 2020. The schedule is out. What's the best case scenario for the Big Red win-loss-wise? Hour two on the way. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Thanks for spending time. It's Hour 2. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. At Herbal Essence and uh, plenty of room for you. Uh, next segment, want to dial up? And I know I didn't get to some of the callers last hour. 466-377-6800-825-5865. A good day. You have a schedule release by the Big Ten this morning. We have had a chance to go over it. Throw out some numbers. We welcome in college football insider, part of game day. And uh, Brad Edwards is with us at J. Brad Edwards 
on Twitter. It's where you find him. Brad, uh, what's what's for dinner? Are we doing drive through again? Uh, it's great to spend some time with you, man. What's up? Car, we're about to go drive around and find out what's open for dinner because uh, you, you may have seen that there was a hurricane slash tropical storm going up the East Coast yesterday. Uh, yes. Well, the state of Connecticut got rocked, and there is almost a statewide power outage. So we we're over 24 hours now without power. Um, so I, I may just use to be able to talk to you. Brad, we are losing you, my friend. Do you still do you still have us? Okay, well, I should pay you. Okay, good. Brad Edwards, uh, in the aftermath of the tropical storm that went through the East Coast, are you guys doing all right aside from searching for food? Let's try and reconnect with him. And if that's like the only source of battery he has, bless his soul for taking this phone call. Let's try and get him dialed back. So Brad Edwards, and every time I say the hurricane or tropical storms name, I absolutely hammer it. Steel chair, elbow. I know that's my job to try and pronounce things correctly. And I have failed miserably the last three days with it. Sue. We're going to call it uh, Tropical Storm slash Hurricane E and just go from there. So we'll see if we we uh, get Brad Edwards back. That's That might be bigger than making or taking a phone call from jail. Uh, is, is taking a phone call when you've had 24 hours of power outage due to a tropical storm. So we'll see if we get Brad Edwards back. Uh, we're spending a lot of time on the Nebraska schedule. i got to dive into the college athlete unity group that has spoken and uh, is the voice of the Big Ten. Um, about, about a thousand players uh, are part of this group requesting additional COVID practices. And, of course, the uh, league safety and testing protocols. We lost him. For now, I guess. I'm going to try him up here again in a couple seconds. Let's, but. Let's, let's push Brad back and see where he's at at 25. Sounds good. All right. So let's just get into some of the scheduling thoughts and, and this uh, Athletes United group. So one thing I want to get into, 466-3776-800-825-5865. What's your reaction to, to Nebraska's players on social media? You have uh, just a slew of Nebraska football players that have jumped out and hashtagged, we want to play. And it is really cool that Nebraska's having this. And it's not just one or two guys. It's a, a, a ton of guys that have used their social media voice. Adrian Martinez says, look, Nebraska's done a great job of doing things the right way and has protected us players. We'll find a way to play here. That's the word from your quarterback, Adrian Martinez. Uh, you have uh, Cam Taylor Britt, 
Plan accordingly, Big Ten football fans. A 10-game regular season looks like this. We've been taken care of here at Nebraska, and we can't wait to kick off the 2020 season. Ben Stilley, uh, kind of your silent leader, is on social media. Again, highlighting the exceptional care throughout the entire COVID process. Uh, Wandale Robinson, Brendan Hymas, Jack Stoll, Cade Warner, Snacks, Damian Daniels, Luke McCaffrey, Deontay Williams, DiCaprio Boodle, Garrett Nelson. I mean, that's the list, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And you, you have some question out there on social media. Hey, is this, like, for real? Are the players being, I don't want to say ordered or told, was there a suggestion to, in the face of the question marks and college athlete unity group, to kind of counter that? And I've, I've done some, some research. I've reached out to some people. And the hashtag, you know, Big Ten United... Just from a timing standpoint, you have one group saying, hey, here's some things we want fixed. Here's some things we want nailed on. And here are some things we need changed moving forward. We would like to discuss. Now, the Big Ten players, the Big Ten Players United group, they did a a fantastic job of speaking their mind and saying, here's what we would like. But it didn't get into dollars and cents and financial demands. But it came down to health and safety. I mean, their their priority was we want to make sure we're, we're, we're taken care of from a scholarship standpoint, we want to take care of from a testing standpoint. And that was all laid out by Commissioner Warren this morning. And there's going to be further communication and further discussion because you've got a commissioner and Commissioner Warren that is absolutely going to collaborate and communicate with the kids that are suiting up in Big Ten schools. And he's made that very abundantly clear that he is not going to just let them speak and then not respond. He's going to have a two-way conversation with the athletes. I think that's appreciated by the kids. And then let's take it a step further with a number of the Nebraska players not only using their social media voice, saying, we want to play ball, let's do this thing, But, man, thank you to Nebraska for the job you have done with us. Thanks for taking care of us. That's not a common narrative in COVID-2020 amongst sports in the college world. You've got Texas Tech basketball players screaming about their coach, women's Texas Tech basketball. you got this Colorado State garbage going on with, uh, I think of the scene in in Happy Gilmore where – you know, Happy drops his grandma off at the retirement community, and it's Ben Stiller saying, you're going to have a warm glass of shut the hell up. It's, you know, it's uh, <laughs> it's arts and craft time has been extended now, right? Is it a hostage situation where grandma's got to make 15 blankets in Afghans? Here's what I think. I think Nebraska football has put in so much work. This offseason, they've rolled with the punches. They have listened to the medical experts. They have been in communication with their head coach. Who cares about them? Nebraska is flat out genuine 
based on the sheer number of tweets out there that they think they've been taken care of pretty well, to be honest with you. I think they feel like, listen, we're in a good spot. I don't think Nebraska would stoop to an orchestration of vocal and social media support. I think from a perception standpoint in the swirling words and winds of COVID-2020 and a lot of things not going right, I think Nebraska players wanted to highlight the fact that things are going right. And here's an example of how it's done, why it's done right, and how we've been treated and cared for. I think that is not something you've heard a lot of, if at all, the past two weeks with COVID and and teams trying to, to gear up and play football. I don't think they would say, hey, you know, it'd be a really cool idea to make us look good. Why don't you say uh, we've taken care of you medically and you can't wait to play ball? Ready, break. I, I don't. I don't think that's. Yeah, no. I don't think that's something. I think one or two guys like Adrian tweeted out there, and I think someone said, "Hey, this is a pretty good idea. This is a good sentiment. Let's let's say thanks, and let's be a, a positive voice of how football can be played and why it can be played. And that's because people have been taking care of us medically because we have guys that care. You can say a lot of things about. Coach Frost and how the ups and downs have gone in these first two years with wins and losses and game game management. One thing I don't question is because he's is is his care for the guys. Guys want to play for him uh, and and want to perform for him, and especially guys that that he's recruited in here. Yeah, I, I'm just hoping that this stuff doesn't become bulletin board material for other teams. They look at this and go, "Oh, they're saying they want to play football. They're implying we don't want to play football." It, it seems dumb, but that's there's been super so, petty. But who there, knows? There's been so many things where you've heard after the games, we've heard, oh, they took that as their bulletin board material this week. Well, and it, it, it's it's a it's a flip around, isn't it? With the we are uni- united. I don't think it's anything against the the, the Big Ten United. Yeah, neither do I. I'm just hoping that it's not taken that way. No, and, and it shouldn't be um, because that's not where Nebraska is going. They're just saying, look, <laughs> here's the schedule. Look, here's an opportunity. And the reason that there's a schedule for Nebraska is because of, of the way we were taken care of by our coaches and our medical folks here at the University of Nebraska. You can question the timing. You can be cynical. You can be skeptical for sure in today's day and age in today's world. Yes, you can. But I think based on who's been tweeting, I think I'll take their 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 tweets at face value that they're extremely grateful and happy let's go to the phones real quick justin thanks for hanging on the line go ahead welcome into hail varsity yeah schmitty i uh pretty excited to hear that there's husker football i guess it kind of brightens my day brightens my fall a little bit um one thing that i think that you know the players talking one thing that excites me is maybe that shows a little bit of unity from the nebraska players and and, you know, a, a belief in their coach and the program and, and maybe some of these players from other schools are, you know, are questioning the way their program has handled things and if, and if recruits or, or things like that see the way that our players feel about the way this situation has been handled, and maybe it makes Nebraska look a little bit better that way too. Um, one question I had before you started talking about this, I wanted to – ask about the scheduling and stuff and we talk about home and away games and things like that 
I was just curious, you know, we traveled to Ohio State. How full is their stadium going to be? I think uh, Athletic Director Gene Smith has come out and said 20%. I don't think that number will, will dip. But by the time Nebraska and Ohio State are supposed to kick off moving forward in this world that we're still going to have games scheduled and games played, we'll see what the, uh, the number's like. Does it grow? Does the shoe get full? Does the shoe go from 20% or about 20,000 folks to 50% capacity? I think it's kind of all up in the air. But I don't think you'll see anything right now below... 20% at, at Ohio Stadium, yeah. based on what their athletic director said probably a month ago or two weeks ago, whatever that timeline is. But that's been said. Yeah. So I think that's where it's at. I know I know. as a Husker fan, we're all, you know, eternal optimists. We love our football and we love our Huskers. And, I mean, I'm maybe I'm just overly optimistic. But at the same time, I feel like if, if we have to travel to Ohio State and we have to travel to Iowa City – and neither of those two stadiums are at full capacity, I think that also gives us a little bit, not an advantage, but it also helps plays into our favor a little bit, too, you know. Justin, it, maybe it, we don't have to fight the crowd. It, it, it could be worse. <laughs> it, could be, it could be a night game with 110,000 Buckeye fans out for blood. It could be worse. It could be a night game in November uh, or a, a, a November-Iowa matchup after – You've gotten the, the hell kicked out of you in consecutive weeks by some big lines of scrimmage, and here's Iowa waiting. So I'm looking at it, and my beer's half full today. Yeah. Well, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. I appreciate you guys, and love your show. Justin, so. appreciate you, man. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. 466-377-6800-825-5865. Yeah, I mean, uh, fewer Buckeye fans is not a brutal thing. As you as you end the the kickoff to the season, but on the flip side, you also have the fact that there's teams coming to Lincoln, and there's going to be a lot less Husker fans in the stands too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean Nebraska is one of the best home field advantages in the Big Ten, if not in college football today, still, even despite all the, the past seasons. So, will that be hurt by a lack of fans in the stands at Memorial Stadium? I guess we'll find out. Well, and if if you're Bill Moose and and you are told by the Health department, look, bro, you can have 25,000 and they're going to be spaced out. You find the craziest, rowdiest 25,000. <laughs> you, uh, money may talk, but let's get those that are active and loud. Like some students, maybe? Cross my fingers? Well, got to be the right students. Are you in, oh, you think I'm not the right student? I, well, you're, you're going to be working on Saturday, student. So. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> you, I'll be here. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Not really. Um, no, they got to be. I mean, give me the students that going to be loud and proud. Home field. We may have Brad Edwards. We may not. More thoughts on the way. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could... Listen to the radio listen. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Take more of your calls in a minute. We're going to try and sneak in Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider College Football. Brad, you doing okay? Thanks for, for uh, 
answer and again uh, are you are you safe let me ask you that we we lost you and I know that there's been storm damage you doing okay hello may have lost him again he said he's been go- coming in and out of cell service so. well we'll just I'll shoot him a text and we'll just we'll just reschedule with Brad we'll do that best to him man he he uh yeah he had uh, that tropical storm that's rocked Carolina all the way up to the east coast to Connecticut that uh, went gangster on a cell tower and many other things. So, Brad Edwards, uh, we'll try and get him end of the week and uh, more of your calls. Open phones here for the next 15 minutes or so. 466-3776-800-825-5865 or can email chris at hailvarsity.com. We've hit the schedule and uh, we've, I'm thinking, I think Nebraska's six and four. That is pencil, not ink. And uh, the time is now for at least a split with Wisconsin and Iowa. Get one. Get one of them. Maybe both. Maybe not. But uh, we shall see. So let's uh, get to the phones here in a moment. Your thoughts on the Nebraska response via social media with we want to play football and or we want to play. Uh, I think that's uh, an understatement. (laughs) Nebraskans want you to play and we'll see uh, how much of that happens. See how much of that happens for Nebraska in the schedule, in the season, as they get things going. And just a real quick thought here on the uh, the college athlete unity group, the play the players from the Big Ten. Listen, they, they approach this the right way. They've got a commissioner that's listening. They have a commissioner and Commissioner Warren that will communicate with them. And it's in the name of safety that they have some demands. We'll see if they're able to get three COVID tests a week. This is the plan for the SEC, where they'll test on Sunday, they'll test on Wednesday, they'll test again on Friday. So that's uh, that's where we're at. Uh, let's go to the phones and uh, welcome in John. John, welcome into Hale Varsity. Go ahead. What do we got going here? I wonder if you may have lost us and tried to call us again. One second. Okay, let's move on those if we're going to take them. If not, we'll keep chatting. So... Uh, some key thoughts here with Nebraska. Clearly, what do you get with uh, the the front seven defensively? Do you see a little bit more four three action? And uh, you have the personnel to be better defensively against the run. You do. Do you get that uh, against the Iowas, against the Wisconsins? Do you feel a little bit better getting Nebraska and Wisconsin, Nebraska and Iowa as early as you do? Because it's been November, it's been end of the season, and it's been just a jackhammer job on Nebraska. It, it has been defensively, and uh, to Nebraska's credit, they have punched back, but can they stand up defensively? Uh, are they going to be better in that front seven defensively against the run? You've seen the footage I've seen, all right? Let's go to Artez. What? Where, where do we have Artez? Let's get Artez in here. Artez hey, is with us. Doing, good, man. What's new? How are you? Happy got, about the schedule? I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it, actually, because, uh, like you said, we got an opportunity to go maybe go 2-0 going into the Wisconsin game. That's pretty cool. 
Well, I got a question. I remember when I was watching a segment about the 71 Nebraska team. Okay. And they brought their own food to Norman because they were afraid that they would get food poisoning. Not that we get food poisoning if we go to Rutgers, but is that an idea, you think? Bring your own food? You know what I'm doing? And this is kind of tongue-in-cheek, kind of serious. I am flying into anywhere but but New York and New Jersey, and I am bussing my ass to New Jersey. There you go. Good idea. I mean, I'm I'm going to Philly or wherever. Give me some place right. that's close to Piscataway that's right. not COVID central, and I'm going in. I'm going out, and uh, once if you're a Nebraska fan, hang half a hundred and get in and get out. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. But, but no, I, I I love the schedule. I think it's going to work out for us. I mean, I I could see five, maybe six wins. I mean, I'll be honest with you, it's possible. That that'd be so, fun, man. And just yeah. you know what? Even if even if you're not even if you're not six wins or better, right? If you're at five hundred or God forbid you're below five hundred, you know, how how better are you? Right? Right. There's right. there's exactly. probably what, three, four games last year where Nebraska helped the other team. Oh, no doubt. And and, and you know, you brought up a good point about special teams. That's gonna be huge for us. I mean, you know, you give up, you know, give up touchdowns, punt returns, kickoff returns, and you know that that's that's that. Like I said, that's going to be the key is our special teams, no doubt about it. Yeah, momentum's that those are so big in momentum swings, and do yeah. you get it back ever or not? Well, we'll yeah. uh, we'll see if Nebraska gets that that six or better number, Artez. Sounds good, Chris. Hey, be good. Thanks for the phone call. Yeah, Appreciate no it. No problem. There he is. That's Artez. Now, a little known fact that is uh, uh, probably one of the biggest Husker fans ever. It's Artez Craig. It's Roger's brother. Yeah, he uh, he called in a couple weeks ago. He's back awesome, whenever, man. Whenever I was hosting, and he said, uh, we, need, we need to give a birthday shout to my brother Roger. I'm like, oh. We get Roger back it. on. It's been a couple years since we've had Roger on. All right, let's do this. Uh, John is with us on Hale Varsity. John, go ahead. Thanks for hanging on. Yeah, how are you doing today? I'm happy. There's schedule to talk about, John. Well, I know. I'm in my 70s, and we, you know, when I was with my dad, we'd be down at Acme Chili on, you know, on 12th and O Street, or I mean 14th, or at Lipsack's Chili Parlor having Wait, chili. And what about what about we, Tam O'Shannon? Did you ever rock the Tam? Oh, all the time. Good man. All the time. All the time. Going out to you know, Nebraska was the number one uh, Legion club in the United States for years. They had a good buffet. I went as a kid. Uh, oh, they sure did. But my thing is, I'm going back talking to all my old buddies, and it, it is what it is with our football program and the virus. But I know when Coach Frost came here, we had an expectation for the first year and then one for the second year. And talking to my fellow fans, we just don't know what to think right now. We weren't, we never thought we'd had this pandemic, and we never thought that we'd have a year one or year two like we did. What do you think uh, is acceptable, or do you think it's just going to do what it's going to do? John, I think what's acceptable is being this, and this isn't to be a smart aleck. I honestly, if you're watching Nebraska football and it's year three with guys on defense, if it's year three with a quarterback, if it's year three with a lot of the offensive linemen, I think you got to be kind of a a butt kicker in the trenches and that's that's not happened that has not happened and i think you got a hell of a strength and conditioning coach 
I think you've recruited kids that are going to get more opportunities to get snaps that really do love playing football. And I think that'll show. I just don't know if it's going to show yet in wins. Sure. Uh, and I'm not good with I'm the last uh, moral victory sure, guy there. I'm the last moral victory guy there is. But as bad as it's been the last couple of seasons in some instances, there's been moments to seize a football game. There's been moments to what seize What about special teams? Well, it's been a it's been a, a, a tire fire. You and I both know that. And I think this Rutledge dude's going to be pretty good. Uh, and I think you're going to have guys that are probably better football players that if they're not playing or getting monster snaps as a starter on de- defense or some spots on offense, they'll go uh, kind of hone their skills on special teams. I think you'll have a better pool to pick from for special teams that'll help you with some of those tackles and stop some of those returns. And you'll find a kicker. You've got a few of them on the roster. It'll kick it out of the end zone and just put that out to pasture so you don't have to worry about a potential return. Well, that's enlightening and comforting to hear your uh, thoughts on it. It doesn't happen. If it doesn't happen, just forget it. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you have a good day. And you and your family and your staff all stay safe. You too. Appreciate it, John. Thanks for the call. It's a a happy, positive day. I can say that they're going to find a kicker that will kick it out of the end zone. I want our buddy from Australia to get here. Daniel Cherney. Yes. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, I've always wanted an Aussie rules punter at Nebraska. I, remember, I just want to. It was I like a big wave, like what eight years ago. Maybe well, it, I mean, it, it, it's a, it's a wave in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and and Aussie dudes, and this isn't like a negative stereotype, but if you're going to get into a bar fight, get your get your bro from Australia because so, you'll win. So if there's any like fights on the field, you think that he should be? The, we need our punter to be like the first one out there. I, I think, <laughs> I think that's a safe. That's a safe declaration where if you if if there's a, a throwdown uh anchorman Nebraska an, Iowa gets a, a, anchor, anchorman style <laughs> you're bringing people out <laughs> onto the field and you're comfortable with your kicker coming out cuz he's a dude I'd be scared I want to see Daniel Trudy. They're so good and so tough that their kicker is is trusted That's it. I want to see him fight that kicker from Iowa Dude, the kicker from Iowa, all he does is hit three-pointers. Is it Duncan? Yeah, Duncan, that's his name. That guy can just flat-out swing it. Iowa Russ has chimed in and just told us to pump our brakes politely on on this this dream of winning in Iowa City, if you're a Nebraska fan. So he's. I was. we were talking out loud, the back seven, and he's like, look, they lost some, but they're okay. And the guys that weren't starters last year due to injuries got enough playing experience that they'll be fine. Defensive line not as explosive as last year. Epinesa is off to the NFL. Really good skill, guys. So I was going to have some guys to throw the football to. Who's going to be throwing in the ball, though? Oh, the quarterback, I think, broke all of Jared Goff's high school records. The guy for the Rams now, and right there, Elijah's like, It's scary, but it's also still high school football. And he says the offensive line will be fine. Well, it's Iowa. Of course the offensive line's going to be fine. Hey, let's bring it, dude. We got to get Iowa Russ to Iowa City. We got to do a road show there. I'm saying it. Let's let's go do like we did Minnesota last year, except it'll be nice and warm, and I don't know if it'll be sunny, but it it won't be Minnesota in, in October. Let's get to Iowa City. 
Let's do a Friday show. Let's do a Saturday pregame. Let's do a Saturday postgame. And uh, about 4 a.m., let's get steak and eggs somewhere before you load up and head home on Sunday if you're in Nebraska. I don't know what's going to be allowed. Yeah, neither do I. That's what's, like, concerning. It's like, I mean, I, I know I'm not going to get to see can any you, away games. This can, I do a, can I do a live show in Iowa City? Will they, will they have me if Nebraska walks out of there with a win? One of those painful overtime deals, you know? Just got to go find the punter. Kenny Bell in the end zone. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for a Jock Doc Wednesday, Lincoln Orthopedic Center. Dr. Doug Tavis with us. Dr. Doug, you enjoying some baseball? Well, it's nice to see uh, the games going. I, I, like everybody else, I'm a little concerned about all the implications mm-hmm. with the COVID. But uh, I got to admit, you know, I, I like sitting down and being able to see a game. It is great to watch baseball. A lot of Yankees games have been on, and that makes Junior happy. the uh, The digital fan experience is a little weird. Yeah, that is. <laughs> but uh, hey, it, it it looks okay until someone hits one out. Right. So uh, interesting story here out of Atlanta and, and the Braves have kind of reloaded, not quite what they had in the 90s with their pitching staff. But Mike Soraka is uh, just a phenomenal young arm, young talent. And he ripped his Achilles tendon uh, against the Mets on Monday. Dr. Doug, this is horrific. I know mechanics are super important to pitchers, but. What what sticks out about this? This sounds awful young, doesn't it, for a kid to have Achilles issues? Yeah, I tell you, it's you know, 23 years of age. Um, that's pretty darn early for somebody to have an Achilles tear. I, I can think of a few other kids that I've had um, that have had really, you know, um, heavy loads that, that caused it. I'm thinking of, of one of my college athletes that, that did it on a long jump. Um, but it is a, um, you know, it is really an unusual injury in a 23-year-old, i got to admit. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedics Center at Jock Doc Wednesday. We're talking Achilles injury. Mike Soraka of the Atlanta Braves. So what happened is it's in the third inning and he's throwing a pitch and uh, the ball was grounded towards the first baseman and that's when Soraka kind of broke towards the bag and that's when it happened. And that mound is so tricky, isn't it? Especially, I mean, how many times growing up or as an older adult, if you're coaching, did you work on the pitcher covering first, right? Yeah, and, 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 and sprint and off it of really there. It truly is just the just that freaky, perfect, you know, kind of a scenario uh, that loads that tendon. You know, we've always talked, you know, uh, in the past about. Uh, eccentric loads uh, being the things that cause um, uh, these muscle and tendon injuries and um, you know an eccentric load again just for people who are listening is when your muscle is contracting 
um, trying to um, move your body, but then there's another force that is causing your body to move in a different direction. And so as he's coming off the mound, he turns to his left side towards first base, and he pushes hard with his right foot. And as he's doing that, he's actually kind of fallen off the left side of the mound mm-hmm. because of the of the slope of the mound. And it's the combination of those forces, his muscle contracting and then gravity pulling in that direction uh, that creates that load on the Achilles uh, in this particular situation, and and boom, there the pain is. Um, For the right-handed pitcher that um, is coming off the mound and then pivoting over to that uh, left side, there's a lot of those kinds of of things. And you can see knee injuries, uh, you can see um, meniscus, tears, you can see patellar dislocations, a number of different kinds of lower extremity injuries with that same kind of maneuver, but uh, again, in this this really young guy, um, an Achilles tear is not one of them that you'd expect. Dr. Doug Davis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center at Jock Doc Wednesday, and uh, we're talking Atlanta Braves, uh, right-handed phenom Mike Soraka, the pitcher, down with an Achilles injury. Dr. Doug, spend a second on the repair, uh, just the process of of, of fixing the timeline post-injury, yeah. and then let's get into to recovery here and just, I'm thinking, either wind up or stretch for a pitcher, for a right-handed pitcher. Is this recoverable, that lower body power you try and generate as a, as a Major League Baseball pitcher? Yeah, it's going to be an interesting thing for him. The, the, you know, in the United States, um, the gold standard for treatment of this is repair. Um, there is some argument about treating it non-operatively and just allowing the Achilles tendon to try to heal inside of the sleeve of, of tissue that's there. Um, but generally it's felt that there's weakness associated with that and a um, higher likelihood of a re-rupture. So when you, when you hear about athletes tearing their Achilles, almost all of them are, are treated operatively. Um, you, when you uh, think about that right side for him um, and, the, and the push-off that he's going to have to do in order to uh, get back to the same kind of form that he's uh, had in the past, uh, it is going to be a difficult recovery for him. And I would anticipate that um, while he's going to be able to start doing some throwing in you know, three months or so, he really isn't going to be pushing off of that hard until easily next spring training and maybe, um, you know, really maybe mid-summer next year before he's really all the way back from this. Um, you know, Kobe Bryant is is one of the uh, best examples of somebody who has been able to come back and play at a very high level, uh, albeit in a different game in basketball. But uh, the jumping and pushing off of a player like Kobe um, is a good example of, of the fact that people can come back from these injuries and be able to um, uh, play at a very high level. So this one, you just don't have a lot of data to work with. You know, it's not like you got, you know, 50 pitchers who have torn their Achilles tendon and, and, you know, uh, on their dominant side. It's just going to be a a unique situation and and I'm sure, you know, with the Braves organization, he's going to have the best rehabilitation options he can have. Dr. Doug Tavis with us, Lincoln Orthopedic Center, a a Jock Doc Wednesday. Dr. Doug, could this lead to some 
arm issues or altering mechanics. Say you're not as strong off that right leg because of your Achilles, even through the rehab, even through getting cleared. Are you going to put more stress on the hammy? Are you going to put more stress on that elbow, on the shoulder? Are you going to yeah, try and overcompensate somewhere? there's certainly that possibility because, um, you know, there, there is that um, in, uh, best way to think about it, it's the entire chain of muscular contraction that allows for a pitcher to, um, you know, move forward on that mound, rotate his body, and then whip the baseball in. And um, when any part of that, what I would call the kinetic chain, is disrupted in any way, it is going to create stress that is different on the other parts, and especially, you know, with a, um, a situation where you're trying to get back to a level of throwing like he is. Um, I don't think there's any question that there's going to be some um, uh, stresses to the arm, maybe even to his hips, because of uh, his need to create more of a of a stable base in his hip area, because the right Achilles may not be able to tolerate that as well as what it used to. Uh, it's really going to be an interesting study in the mechanics of throwing as he comes back. Dr. Doug, thanks for the discussion today, and uh, appreciate you joining us here on Hale Varsity. You bet, Chris. You have a good uh, rest of your day. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good talk today. Fun chatting schedule and projecting schedule and wins and losses and Good stuff from the Big Ten. Tomorrow, Gary Barnett's going to be with us. Get his take on the uh, reaction to players around the college football world. What's going on at Colorado State? We'll have uh, Coach Barnett's take on the Nebraska schedule, the Big Ten West. Bill Bender of the Sporting News also going to be with us. We'll hear from Brandon Vogel and maybe the Pride of Chicago. Danny Burke with some new over-under numbers officially from Vegas and some early Point spreads. What to remind you about uh, what's happening in the rail yard? You can go to the railyard.com and get info. But I'm telling you to get your roll on with outdoor roller skating in the rail yard. It's Throwback Thursday. Uh, your chance to get on down to the rail yard and uh, the open skate is a reality. And uh, lots of fun for uh, you and family and friends. I suck horribly at roller skating. But it's worth watching me roller skate to fall. I am not athletic enough to uh, to stay on my own two skates. But that doesn't mean you can't go. Check out Theme Party Thursdays, Throwback Thursday. Skate the rail yard, and uh, it gets rolling uh, this Thursday. And uh, it's pretty affordable. You can log on to railyard.com. Some old-fashioned skating fun. So a guy like Elijah would probably throw on his Broad Street Bullies jersey and a hockey helmet. And while you, from a socially distancing standpoint, you, you can't go check somebody, but you'd look like you would. Hey, I could be a roller derby girl for sure. Have you seen those people? Oh, they're, they're incredible. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I remember Raquel Welsh with uh, her roller skating flick. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I was kidding, though. I, I haven't 
the, you, the haven't dre- you haven't dressed in drag in a while. Is that where we're going? <laughs> no, I was going to say the, the herbals aren't. Do you, aren't do you their keep the mustache for the roller skate? I think it's is it intimidation. No, the the roller derby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you could do it. I think it's intimidation. I think you just you just flat out go slap shot with this, but only with roller skates instead of skates, skates, ice skates. Well, are we talking about the, the the roller derby down in the Haymarket? Well, it's it's Not a roller, roller derby. It's roller. a roller skating party. You can go roller skate. It's an open skate. Yeah, I don't know if I can go slap shot. I think I might get kicked out. Yeah, that would that would happen. And and you're and you're easier to remove now with an injured shoulder. Injured shoulder and the mustache. They might just refuse me entry. <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's probably gonna be kids there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Elijah, you are uh, you are done. What are you doing tonight aside from taking Advil? Uh, well, I watched sports all day yesterday, so I'll probably go back home, watch more sports tonight. Checking I out the NHL and yeah, my, some my NBA. Are, I think they're they starting just now. I'm not quite sure. I think it was a 6 o'clock. I was o'clock listening to, to Pearl Jam this weekend on the Sirius channel, That's and there was pretty funny because Pearl Jam was doing a live show about 15 years ago in, I think, Quebec, <laughs> and he went off on the abs. <laughs> <laughs> like, but it's because that's where they oh, moved from. They, they, they were the Alouettes, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, that's Montreal football, but yeah. Like, who, who were they? Nord, the, the Nordiques. Quarter, yeah, Nordiques, Nordiques. Whatever the hell that is. Had to go through my, my teams there real quick. The Long live the Hartford Whalers. They are gone. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> tomorrow, lots of football, more football to get into. Maybe some thoughts uh, when it comes to crowd and numbers from Bill Moose. Back at you tomorrow at 4 with Hale Varsity. Get the podcast, HaleVarsity.com or iTunes. Uh, Thanks for tuning in.